0: It was based on, yeah, that's Henry Iggins. It was based on Pygmalion, I believe. Wait, in every
1: production, it's an Henry? They never have a Willie or a Sam? (laughs) (laughs) I'm Zach. I'm Riff. I'm Jim. And I'm Kevin. It's time for episode number 215 of Video Games Hot Dog, a podcast about video games that Mm -hmm. we do here. Riff, it was so nice to see you the other day.
0: Yeah, it was good to see you guys, too. Sorry I ditched out on Sunday, but I'm lame.
1: All you missed was me and Kevin drunkenly climbing a school and then me hurting myself twice.
0: Oh.
2: (laughs) That's not...
1: All you missed, but those were the highlights. Did did you hurt yourself on the school? I did. Well, no, I hurt myself on my dismount from the school or okay. a, a graduation. Yeah, <laughs> you might call it. We, we don't even know how you got your second injury. We got, now I know. That one that one I just woke up with a lot of blood on me. Uh
2: <laughs> It's possible that there were aliens. You slept
1: in a mimic? <laughs> you slept in a mimic? Yeah, my bed was a it was a bed mimic. Okay, <laughs> Kevin, catch up. Oh,
0: softest and coziest mimic.
3: <laughs> yeah. It was a velvet tongue. Mm.
0: XOXO was fun. Yeah, it was tell, tell, us,
1: tell us about XOXO. Can you tell us a story. From XOXO? Yeah. You must have one. Uh, I barely participated. I just played video games on my phone. You did, kind of. The entire time. <laughs> uh,
2: I got to, got to hang out with um, Anna Picard from Slack. She is lovely, as always. Got to meet her family. Uh, got to meet a bunch of cool folks doing cool things that's i mean that's kind of what xoxo is all about is like all the neat projects that people make and the neat people that make them being so twee and so smug yep yeah i mean that's that is you know a little sad i guess that it is a bunch of people sort of patting each other on the back or something but
1: this this year they were patting themselves on the back for allowing more women to attend sure but but <laughs> giving themselves a wag of the finger for not allowing quite enough people of color to attend but boy next year they'll have figured that out
3: <sighs> what what did they do about was it was it like a chicks get in free
1: kind of a situation <laughs> it was ladies night at XOXO. so <laughs> right. no I, like they so there is a lottery to get in um i i am led to believe that lottery is at least partially corrupt
2: mm-hmm. but well, I, I don't think it's 100% lottery, right? Like, they obviously are taking external factors into account, and I don't know how they
1: do Sure, that. My understanding is, like, you apply to buy a ticket, and if they've heard of you, they let you buy a ticket. And if they haven't, they put you in a drawing. And I think maybe they just put more women in the drawing. Or, like, every other person they selected in the drawing was a woman or whatever. Like, they got a lot of – they got some demographics. You know? who Who knows, man? I don't. I paid attention to almost none of the official programming. Like, yeah, I want to get right a. I want to get a sneak over the fence pass next year. <laughs> that really seems like the way to do that because then you just get to hang out at the parties with all the cool mans. You know. I guess I did. Uh, I, I watched a, a recording of "You Look Nice Today," which is a podcast that's funnier than this one.
0: Yeah, it's it is true. Pretty, I started listening to it. It's very good.
1: It is good. Who's on that? Scott Simpson, Merlin Mann, and Adam Lissagore. Okay who you might recognize from nothing, various Mac podcasts, and, and a bunch of various commercials. commercials for things, and Kickstarter videos, respectively.
2: They uh, they are extremely tightly edited. So, like,
3: who's the guy other than Roderick and Roderick on the line? That's Merlin Mann. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So I know him from that. Yeah, yeah, yeah,
1: definitely. That, I think, is probably the most important thing he's doing.
3: Okay. Well, just that
1: did, I consider that. He, he did like a bunch of like efficiency Yeah.
0: yeah. That's, that's what I'm aware of him from. I was surprised to learn that he's also extremely funny. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And I like, I feel like he's really active in the like John Gruber, G- John Syracuse, like Mac podcast. Mm. Fire, something, something, fireball, something. I th- like there's a series of productivity podcasts about Macintosh software. Watch out for fireballs. There's also <laughs> a series of podcasts about. Magic the Gathering <laughs> that has something something fireball in it and also watch out for fireballs. Huh. Did I ever tell on the podcast the story of how I was walking uh to the to to or back from the gym here wearing my watch out for fireballs PRGE uh souvenir shirt that I had and a Samoan man pointed at me and said, "Watch out for the fireball." <laughs> I was like, thanks. It's pretty good. Like, I bet that guy was a Nintendo Help Center counselor. <laughs> um, uh,
3: I've never had to watch out for fireballs in real life.
1: Yeah, that's true. You don't see a lot of them. Yeah, I mean, except as part of a pyrotechnics display. Well, yeah, when yeah, they happen, right. you really I mean, do want to watch out. If right. you're in
0: high school and you and somebody finds a can of leftover lighter fluid, <laughs> right, like, that's a situation that might become.
1: And some tennis balls. I always wanted some sort of situation where I could like had a where I had a bucket of lighter fluid, a bunch of tennis balls, and then some way of throwing them through a fire so that they mm. would become so fireballs on like, the way.
0: Oh, like a like a tennis ball serving robot.
1: Right, but with a with a candle in front of it. Your
0: yeah. father
2: once uh, took a container of gasoline into the into a clearing and.
1: There yeah there were two things. Two there different two, things. There were two awesome things that my okay. dad did when I was a kid. One of them was I think I think he probably read about in a in one of his gun magazines or something, but you take a gallon jug of gasoline, put it on the ground, you light a road flare and stick it into the ground next to the gallon jug of gasoline and then you you go a f- you know a few hundred feet away Miles? and then you and then you <laughs> shoot the gallon jug of gasoline with a gun and it just makes this Perfect like fifteen foot tall mushroom cloud. Wow. Whoa. It was amazing. It was and that my mom, who was standing next we to me at not the time
2: condone said
1: <laughs> anyone actually. Thirty doing miles, this? Gregory. We could have driven thirty miles. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and then another time my dad had been reloading ammo and accidentally mixed two of the two different grains of gunpowder, which then renders the gunpowder completely unpredictable and so completely useless because it's too dangerous. But he was like, Hey, you know what we should do is that like Yosemite Sam trick where you leave a trail of (laughs) gunpowder leading to a pile of gunpowder and then you light it and see what happens. And what you expect is like a little trickle of, you know, like a little sparking fuse and then an explosion. But what you in fact get is like... A 30-foot-tall wall of fire followed by a 60-foot-tall pillar of fire. Whoa.
0: Any any sentence that starts, let's try that Yosemite Sam trick, is going to end awesome.
1: Yep. No, it was pretty good. It was was pretty good that, that I had access to that kind of kind of guy when i was younger i, I really enjoyed yosemite having my sam, dad oh, okay. in my life yeah yes yeah, so it's really it was really cool having access to yosemite sam as a youth before they purged him from all media <laughs> right. to prevent people from doing stuff like that like hooking up a bomb to the last note of that one little <laughs> phrase of that <laughs> piano passage the one that
3: just has always played flat for some reason yep
1: <laughs> Ah, good, good stuff. Yeah. I'm kind of loopy. I, so I did not sleep very well on account of a thing that happens almost all of the time at my girlfriend's apartment, which is that there are these huge tribes of hippie assholes that just camp on the street having loud parties all night. And the two things that happened last night were around midnight. The thing that mystifies me about this story is I don't know where it's plugged in, but there is very, very often on any given night, somebody playing an electric guitar with an amplifier just at like, you know, concert volume, but just on the street, just like a panhandler. Do you kind know that it's thing. on the street? Like you can see them yes. or. Yeah, you see them. Okay. They're very excellent. I've never like gone to look. At where they were plugged into and tried to just... They don't to have just, to be
2: plugged in anymore. They have, like, portable... Really, battery like, a
3: battery-powered power. yeah. super loud. Probably yeah. wouldn't get much time mm-hmm. out of, like, a D-cell, but you could hook up a car
1: battery to it. Yeah. So, at some point at around midnight, someone who almost knows how to play the guitar parts from Metallica's Fade to Black <laughs> got a hold of that thing and kind of almost played them. And you could have slept through it if he hadn't kept fucking it up like it was like, I don't know if you guys ever saw that flash animation that Laura Schoberg did on the Brunching Shuttle Packs many years ago. Your girls. roommate plays the Indigo Girls. <laughs> it was just yeah. a guy. It was a cartoon of a guy playing closer to fine. But like. Playing a few seconds of it and then stopping. And there were like maybe 30 different clips of him playing a few seconds of it and stopping, which then just cycled in random, right. Right, in <laughs> random order. And it was one of the finest things that has ever been committed to Flash animations. So there were only like 10 of those. Flash uh, flash cartoons? Yeah, Lore yeah, did not but, make many Flash but cartoons, but they were solid they were really quality. Good. Yeah. God yeah. never burdens us with more ice cream sandwiches than we can eat. <laughs> God never burdens us with more depleted uranium beholder statues than we can carry. <laughs> uh, fuck. Everybody go watch. Everybody go read everything on Brunching Shuttlecocks and then, and then watch all the somewhere? videos. Did it get, oh, resurrected?
3: Uh, I'm Did sh- it get I bet all those.
1: I, I don't know. But I bet all those flash ones are on YouTube. Yeah, that's, that's true. Really true. So then at 2.45, there was a man and a woman with a ukulele. This wouldn't have normally been that big of a deal, except this one, you know the the amplifier guy could have been a couple blocks away, and it was still just you know, it was like as though it was in the kitchen. These people were just right outside the window, playing on the ukulele and singing as a duet, iron and wine's cover of such great heights, except that they did not know the words the chord progression or the words. To the verses, which is <laughs> sort of forgivable, or the v- words to the chorus. So it's like, they will see us standing at such great heights. Come back now, you guys. <sighs>
3: wait, wait. It, so <laughs> they knew the, the, the harmonies the well enough to sing It sounded like they, know
1: together. The, they knew no, the idea really. of okay. the song. Not really. Okay. But they didn't. They'd that, heard it once. That didn't stop them. It was like they, they were at a party once where somebody did this, and they were like, oh, we can do that. And then didn't stop once they realized that they couldn't. Or just never realized that they couldn't. It seemed like it went on for a really long time.
3: I feel like that's the trick to getting good at any skill is just not realizing that you're terrible until you're
1: actually okay. Yeah, I feel like that's the trick to getting a cheap apartment is going somewhere where that happens all the time. Did you guys also know that there are no police in in the entirety of San Francisco?
2: I heard some last night, actually. There was some sometime around midnight. uh, I was wondering if this was going to be the thing you were going to talk about. There was someone driving around the mission, I think, like Grand Theft Auto style, because it was just like you could hear the super loud acceleration and screeching and turning and like people sort of like yelling and like... <clears throat> I, I never saw it because I don't know. It was just somewhere Did nearby. Stand explode? <laughs> uh, probably, uh, and then you eventually heard the police cars come, and then like the cars zipping away. But I, I am guessing that somebody was doing like donuts in the middle of the street. It was bizarre.
1: Maybe they saw that sign that said "Quality Donuts" and they were like, <laughs> "Okay." There's like, like, like a doable. building. It's an imperative quality, now. Al- although I think it just says "Quality." Duh, and. Or quality Don. And maybe like, oh, oh that's where quality Don lives.
0: <laughs> I like him. He's a good guy.
1: Yeah, he really he is. He's is... quality. What woke you guys up in the middle of the night last night? Just thoughts of mortality?
0: Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> Impending doom. Wanting to play Pokemon.
1: <laughs> Just mortality and Pokemon. Yeah. Your constant companions.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> We met um, very briefly. We met Justin Roiland, half of the Rick and Morty team.
1: Yeah, that was fucking weird. It was
0: weird. He he seemed I don't know. He seemed very earnest and like a decent guy, but also
1: I like don't, maybe I, I don't on wanna, meth. Yeah, I don't like, want to accuse him of yeah, being he, coked
0: up, but he, he had, had that it, weird it, energy.
1: He had and and the and the attendant. Beleaguered girlfriend trying to calm him down, but it was also the, the super weird coincidence because he walked yeah. up to me, just like random guy, and I was standing in between the demo stations for Firewatch and Tacoma that are made by the people we share an office with and the, some friends of theirs respectively. And he was like, D- do you know anything about the guys that make either of these two games? I'm like, yeah, weirdly, yes, almost everything. What that? That's super weird. And he was like so, so excited about finding some team working in Unity to make a VR game yeah. with.
0: He had very strong opinions about which VR headset, too.
1: Yeah, we'll leave it as an exercise to the reader to guess which one he's excited about.
0: Yeah. But... I was just going to ask.
1: Uh, the No, no, that's a guess. Oh, right. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Uh, guess Jim. We'll leave it as an exercise to Jim uh, to guess.
3: Uh, the 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 Gear VR is that I don't know what is that, is that one. That's I think is Samsung. No. Okay. Donkey this- Kong Two.
0: <laughs> yes. No. Do- the Donkey Kong Two headset is just a barrel you put over your head.
3: <laughs> it's very realistic. Yeah. <laughs> very convincing.
1: Then they roll you down a bunch of ramps. Very. <laughs> Just your head. They throw just your head over Niagara Falls.
3: <laughs> uh, the the Vive is my actual guess. Yes, that was the actual yeah. truth.
1: Yeah. yeah. I feel like that's the one everyone gets excited about.
3: Yeah. That's that's the one. Like, I'm not excited about any VR, but that's the one that sounds best to me.
1: Anyway, Rick and Morty is cool. Yeah. And that guy really wants to make He has binders full of video game designs. Just looking for cool. a team. Listeners, hook him up. Somebody, get a unity team together. Make this guy a video. Game. I mean, I
2: saw the tweet exchanges that they had where he's like, uh, "We we need to talk,"
1: mm-hmm. and I was like, "Oh dear God." <laughs> I saw them too, and then I felt guilty about telling him the Twitter names of all of the parties. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, that was a that was a weird exchange that happened at XOX. So I got to hang out with uh, with uh, Jerry Butterfield, and that was cool. He finished uh, his book. That he's uh that he's... kickstarted. Oh good. He yeah. finished writing. He's got a bunch of other stuff to do, but I'm like excited there was about a that, Kickstarter but... update today. I was like, well, book's done.
2: <laughs> Yay. <laughs> <laughs> like,
1: Alright, I feel like you're probably on schedule if
2: Does uh does he sleep
1: ever? I don't know. He's got a lot of things going on. He does. He does have a lot of things going on and a loud cat. That might stop <laughs> you from sleeping. <laughs> okay. He's such a good dude though. I had a good time having a bunch of drinks with him. And then Leaving and there and then climbing a school and then <laughs> getting yelled at by security guys and then hurting my foot.
0: We might be doing a uh, closed deck Magic the Gathering tournament this weekend, hopefully.
2: Is that where you can't open the deck? You just have to tell the <laughs> <laughs> oh, <laughs> man. Yeah, yes, what cards are you You play yes.
1: all the cards face down and yeah. just make up what they are? Yep. Oh, I kind of want to... I mean, that's basically that like a good. thousand blank white cards without the permanence, right? Like, you. <laughs> what did you
0: say that was? I
1: don't, know. I don't <laughs> know. That was the card that makes it so you have to say what you thought it was <laughs> instead of asking me.
0: That was the one with Tromple and Moitenspalk.
1: <laughs> Moitenspalk, yeah. <laughs> Anybody else got anything they want to talk about before we get to the listeners' mails? Hmm?
0: you
1: just looking at...
2: I'm just afraid that I accidentally do things with the mouse when I kick it, but it's, oh, it's I didn't fine. As
1: you were kicking the mouse, yeah, it's all good. Irate at puzzle says, "Quick question for Kevin: Dog shark is not a thing." That wasn't a question, but I figured that's all right because dog shark proves that things don't actually have to be things. I still got that puzzle, but dog shark did not help. Dog shark is totally a thing. Yeah,
2: <laughs> I'm confused by that statement. <laughs>
1: Also, I am not saying that I don't make mistakes. When an old timey man is trying to get your attention about some dogs, he will say, "Dogs, hark!" hark. Yeah, yeah.
2: That particular puzzle was uh, was cool because it had.
1: Also, if Chris Avalone was trying to figure God, out Jesus how to Christ. preserve the species of dogs by putting two of them in an ark, he would say, "Dogs, sh- ark." <laughs> Aiden writes, "I just checked out the Chris Avalone episode of Designer Notes, <laughs> and he wasn't as drunk as I expected." <laughs> i i haven't listened to it yet but i downloaded it and i want to and also i understand that guy's not always really drunk it's just that the one time i saw him he was that's true and all of the but other it was times it, he
2: was so drunk that it carries over to all the other experiences yeah it really you might like, have with him. he was
1: ruinously drunk like he was drunk to the point where he other people were drunk just by being near, by him. Being near him yeah <laughs> an
3: aura effect yeah
1: uh, Sai says, have you seen this guy who uses a neural network to generate Hearthstone cards? And then he links to it. So it doesn't work quite as well as the, ma- as the magic ones, but it did generate a card called Flame Wanker. So that's good. It is really good. I feel like we've linked to it in the show notes. We've
3: before. definitely talked, about
2: it. We've we've talked s- about it.
1: We linked to the magic one. Okay. Well, I'll link to the Hearthstone one too because it's cool. super good.
3: Yeah. There was a guy on Twitter um who answered our question, my question from last week about when paperbacks were invented.
2: Oh yeah, when were they invented? Uh, he
3: was saying it was the uh, the Victorian era. Okay. Uh, and the original Penny Dreadfuls were oh. were paperbacks. And I'm actually like, and this is again like, hey, hey, listeners, let's do do our research for us. I'm not sure if he means pamphlets, you know, or, or like well, full full on in paper. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm.
0: Interesting. Did they have yeah. staples?
3: Do you mean staples? did did humanity have staples? Do you mean did the,
0: well? Did the Victorians have staples?
3: Yeah, I don't know that either. <laughs> and if not, where did they buy their office supplies? Yeah. Right. <laughs> did they have offices? Did,
2: oh yeah, maybe office was a word supplies? that was invented by Shakespeare's right. great 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 grandson. Right. Before then, they didn't know what. Uh...
0: There's a Twitter bot I follow called a Medieval Death Bot that occasionally posts a like i guess like a newspaper or or a,
2: a broadsheet
0: li- yeah like a like a historical notice of some crime or, or or rather specifically some death that happened and it's every third one involves somebody being murdered by clerks <laughs> and and eventually the guy like okay Put out a tweet that said, "All right, I I explained the clerks thing on my blog, and he posts a link to it, and and explaining how at the time clerks was used to describe uh, like drunken frat boys. <laughs> <laughs> what? That's great. <laughs> like there's some weird <laughs> etymology involving like college students being clerks, and, and I guess that tran- just sort of transferred up into like office worker." because of all the menial tasks that university students, uh, were, were expected to perform
1: like so, murdering dudes, just well, left no, but and right because murdering two thirds of all dudes
0: because they were, because they were all, besides being clerks, they were also very typical, like drunken rowdy college students. <laughs> Sometimes people died.
1: I am the, so there's that wall of skulls at the mutter museum in, uh, in Philadelphia. And, Little placards that list their causes of death, and a tremendous number of them were like suicides because they got caught stealing. Hmm. Uh, something, oh, huh. um, or also a tremendous love number of them were like suicides because like the girl they like didn't like them, or <laughs> their girlfriend left them for somebody else, and that was like whoa fellas have, have
2: well, you guys been to spuriouscorrelations.com?
0: <laughs> I mean, the uh there the the global population was much smaller back then so there were oh yeah if you lie, if your girlfriend left sea. you there
1: probably weren't any other girls yeah there was only one marriageable lass <laughs> in all of my town <laughs> and she left me for a man i don't know a man who was not suicidally depressed already like <laughs> i saw at some point um a uh it
3: wasn't a graph but it was a uh, it was data on the world population at various points in history um and i remember like reading this and being like just it reshaping my view of history considerably uh, reading like there were only like a million people alive in shakespeare's time hmm. and then i realized that the numbers were all in multiples of 1000 <laughs> so and a billion
2: people yeah
3: okay. and then i d-shaped my view of history
2: that's that seems like it tracks more or less right
3: which which does
2: the closer to a billion then yeah yeah for sure yeah, how
1: yeah. many people are there now like i think of like, the earth as having a population billion, of four billion but i think that was like that's, when i was a kid that's there it, were like 4 billion. 30 or 40 years ago yeah. yeah
3: yeah i think it's more like seven now yeah I was
2: going to say, this uh, Spurious Correlations website, uh, it, there's a very high correlation between the age of Miss America and murders by steam, hot vapors, and
1: hot objects. <laughs>
3: hmm. Whoa. Murders by steam. That's a rough way to get murdered.
1: So it looks like there were people uh, in England and Scotland uh, making paperback books in the 1850s, but like what we think of as the mass market paperback was in the 30s.
3: Okay.
2: Okay.
1: So, I think everybody's right. Yay! Ish. And when I say it looks like, I mean I read some Wikipedia. Uh, Ty says, as one of the few general gaming podcasts to occasionally mention anything about WoW other than its subscriber numbers. Do you guys have any feelings to share on the ten-year anniversary of the corrupted blood plague? <laughs> yeah, I miss when I miss when World of Warcraft had more worldy elements to it and bugs that were actually live for a while. Yeah. Yeah, that the
3: that stuff is super interesting to me, but we're we're getting it out of other games like Eve. Like the the more simmy stuff that that where emergent properties can be super interesting but also super harmful to people who want to have fun.
1: Yeah, I think that what was cool was that 10 years ago Wow was so much bigger even then than Eve is now. I mean, I guess not on a specific server necessarily.
2: Right. But, but that's,
1: that's the thing about Eve, right? It's all one universe. Yeah.
2: So, was the blood, did the blood plague only happen on one server or was it on, it was. No, I think
1: happened. it happened. I mean, I think once people found out about it, it they like spread it to multiple. How did divisions? it work exactly? It was like, there was a, there was a boss in a dungeon it, that would yeah. give you a debuff that would spread to any player near you, yeah. Yeah. but it couldn't have been in a dungeon because they wouldn't have been able to like no, train that, his that, It that was a what raid. was the
0: bug was. Yeah. There was a Though raid. They could that, teleport out, I think. Yeah. I think it was people, like, it, was, it wasn't Zulgarub supposed to. It, it, you weren't supposed to be able to get outside of the raid with it still on you, but there was a bug they were like, that caused that to happen.
2: hearth, hearth home, and... They, wasn't there you know, also
1: like a deliberate, like a zombie plague thing that they just made happen on purpose where it, yeah, everybody that got was, turned into zombies? that
0: was for the lead-in for uh, Lich King. Hmm. Uh, it wasn't that, I don't think people turned into zombies, but pretty much every zone got invaded by zombies and no i thought
1: there was one early on in like vanilla wow where there was, was actually there? something like that where mm, there was I a thing they had it. done on purpose that then everybody got really mad about oh, huh. what what was happening i remember one time going with you on our server in vanilla wow to moon Glade and they're just being like a carpet of skeletons, because <laughs> of so many people being killed trying to do something that was happening. There
2: might have been like a world boss that people were fighting. Um, there was just a Moon bunch Blade. of world.
0: Moonglade is neutral, so it was open PvP.
2: Mm. I'm trying to, There were def- there was definitely some sort of intense like world boss thing that happened that like culminated there.
1: But everybody, like, no one would let any, no one would let the other team camp it. Yeah. So it was just people constantly killing each other. Yeah. Yeah. You know, we were kind of talking about this at dinner. Like, I was saying, I kind of want to do Clive Barker's Undying as an assignment because of what it meant to me at the time. But there's no way that you can. Like I can't give that to you guys. And that was kind of what we concluded. And I mean, the real the the sort of meat of the interesting conversation that happened after that was like, it would be cool if somebody could make like a cliffs notes version of, say, Tron 2.0 or Clive mm. Barker's Undying or some other game that is like worth playing, but not you couldn't realistically tell somebody that they should commit the like 30 or 40 hours that a that a like narrative like a quasi narrative heavy first person game needed to have in 2001 it's for like that like box bullet point
2: frame story for the princess bride where it's just the good parts version of right yeah
3: the larger right, yeah. Yeah. yeah that would be something that would be amazing it, just it, that that having that ability in general and it's kind of doable for some games like that allow arbitrary saves you can give people a a series of uh save, save point files. save files yeah and then I don't know, like a YouTube video to watch in between each one.
2: Hmm. Sure.
3: Uh,
1: um, you were talking about some interesting stuff that JP LeBreton was doing.
3: Oh yeah, he was. Um, so he he, I believe he released the um, uh, Unreal Tourism mod, which is a mod to Unreal that removes all of the monsters, so you just walk around the world and look at stuff. Oh, nice. And solve some minor puzzles. And he did a thing with Thief that I don't think is released yet. But should be soon that, um, it's, it's the same thing for Thief except instead of removing the enemies because you need to like interact with them sometimes, uh, to proceed, you, it actually makes all the enemies neutral to you. So you can, you can even attack them. You can like attack one and the others will like get freaked out because they see the body and look around for whoever did it, but they just don't notice you. They don't know, they don't, never acknowledge your existence.
1: You know what I kind of think I like? I think that would be fun, but what I kind of want out of a thief game is a once you figure out the trick for a given guard, that guard just like goes on break forever. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Right? Like, I think the thing that I liked about Dishonored, like, which was the only stealth game that I was ever that I ever wanted to play as a stealth game, was that you would deal with a guard and then that guard was just dealt with. Like, you knocked them out, and they were knocked out forever, and then you just didn't have to worry. Like, you had to hide their body or whatever, but you didn't have to, like, all right, I figured out how to get through this place based on the pathing of these guards. Now, every time I want to walk back and forth across here, I just have to do it again, and if I fuck up, I just have to reload from a quick save.
3: Uh, Riff, like, mm-hmm. there's a thing like that in Dark Souls 2, right? Where once you kill a given monster a number of times, it doesn't yeah, once, in- once you kill,
0: once you kill a particular guy like a dozen times they they stopped spawning
3: uh, what do you feel about that in general I like
0: I thought that was really good and I am dismayed that it seems from what I'm hearing that they're not doing that again in Dark Souls three because the what what the implications of that was was so wide reaching because besides like the obvious fact the point that like if you're having trouble getting through an area then you you know that there's a relief valve that all right well if i can kill this first guy a dozen times even if i don't get any further than that he'll eventually stop spawning and i can try and kill the next guy a dozen times so right. Whereas if they just spawn infinitely, if you're having trouble getting past the first two gu- uh, two guys, eventually a sense of despair starts to set in, feeling that you're never going to get past this bit. And and Dark Souls two didn't have that, but it also what it resulted in was that you could There's not
2: finite number of souls, fin- yeah,
0: grand. finite number of guys, so you could not stand there in the same place and just grind forever. Like right, right, it discourages the, yeah, farming. It, eventually the game says, all right, enough, Chester, you need to move on to the next bit. You couldn't
1: meaningfully do that anyway, though, right? Because eventually the costs of everything get so high, and I mean, it's not like you...
0: I, I mean, well, they still gave drops, so if if you found a guy that had a chance of dropping like some useful consumable, you could farm for that. But then also the, the counterpoint to that is because so many people liked uh, grinding and stuff, they there was also implemented an item called uh, the Bonfire Ascetic, which you could burn in an area's bonfire to reset all the guy's death counters. Oh. But the counterpoint to that was that it also bumped up that area's difficulty by one like new game plus value. So you, so you were encouraged to stop grinding, but you could, if you wanted, but it made it harder.
3: I kind of like that just in yeah. like, as a,
0: and all, weren't
2: those also a limited resource, a finite resource? Yes.
0: They're, they're pretty limited. Um, they're not purchasable from the shops. I think there's only like a few specific ones uh, throughout the, Throughout the levels, um, but and yeah, if you did I it just, again,
3: would they be new game plus two?
0: Yep, it would. It would keep going up to new game plus fifteen or whatever the maximum happens to be. Yeah. and and uh, and that also made like the current speedrunning tricks possible because there's a gate that you need. Uh, you need to have. In that you not necessarily have on you, but you need to have acquired one either one million souls or to have killed four specific bosses. Uh, but speedrunners use these bonfire ascetics so that they can just kill the same boss four times. Huh. uh which which has made that scene, I feel like more interesting because they've had that sort of the availability of this trick so that they don't just have to kill the same, they don't have to kill the four guys. They can say, well, I can kill this guy four times or I can kill this guy two times and this guy two times, which of these is faster. It's
1: interesting that they either didn't choose to make that not count. If you killed the same boss four times or they chose well, not to make that. It's that, that count.
0: it's, it's not that it, counted as four bosses it's that killing that boss four times is worth a million souls
1: oh okay. okay but yeah
0: it's just it it was a situation that solved so many different problems in such an elegant way to me that i thought it worked really nice and so i feel like it's a bummer that the new one probably isn't going to have that and it's, i don't think i
1: killed enough guys in any place in dark souls 2 to trigger that
0: i rarely did But just the fact that I knew that it was possible if I got really stuck helped keep me going, you know?
3: Right. That's cool. There was a... The the idea of killing the same boss four times instead of four different bosses, it reminds me, there was a trick discovered in the Vice City speedrunning scene in maybe the past six months uh, where you have to... Finish a certain number of, um, finish the quest lines of a certain number of, uh, purchasable, uh, properties in order to trigger the final mission. Mm. Um, and they discovered a glitch that let you, uh, finish one of them seven times at once by triggering (laughs) the mission seven times. And when you finish it, you get credit for seven, (laughs) seven of them.
2: It's hilarious.
3: Um, and it was super interesting because I was, I was following this thread on, um, the speedrun subreddit. And they linked to a video where like immediately after someone discovered the glitch, um, someone started like they wanted to get the world record. So they started uh, a run and asked like chat to help them route it while he was running it huh. so he could have the world record for like an hour. <laughs> and I don't think he actually made it, but it was super interesting to try to see somebody do that in real time.
2: Trying to use a new exploit before anybody else can take full advantage of it.
1: Right. Have you guys been playing any video games?
0: Um, Mostly still just Pokemon. I did play a little bit of um, Undertale, which is really good, and I highly recommend it. I don't want to go into it too, too deeply, because I think we might do it as an assignment one of these weeks. But um, I definitely recommend it. It's really interesting. It's, it's like kind of
1: Earthboundy, right? Yeah,
0: it's sort of like... Lo-Fi Earth Bounty. Um, it's got an interesting combat system where when you, when you encounter an enemy, you have the choice between... You can either fight it, which is sort of an action game, sort of like in a golf game, how you have to hit the thing with the right timing, um, or you can choose to talk to it, and different monsters will have one or more different like conversation options. And then... On the monster's turn, you defend by having to survive for three or four seconds in like a little top-down bullet hell shooter, huh. where you're like maneuvering your heart around the, the a little sub window as bullets fly in, and then once you've once you've either lowered an enemy's hit points to a certain level or have found the conversation path that makes him not want to fight you anymore. You have the, the, you end up with the choice between either continuing to kill the guy. If, if you, if you had been doing that, or you can show mercy and, and let him leave. And that if you show, I, I'm trying to do a peaceful run. So I haven't seen what happens if you kill somebody, but if you, if you don't kill a guy, you get gold but no experience points. So I I so it, it seems like it's set up as the hard mode version of the game where if you play the nicest character, your level never increases, so your hit points never go up, but there I feel like there's probably some plot payoff later on because it, it, or, the original demo did some interesting things with plot where the game Even when you started a new game, it wasn't really a new game plus, but the game nevertheless remembered what you had done in previous iterations of the demo, and like a character would comment on the fact that you had killed him last time they met, or whatever. Hmm. And so it seems like a game where there's definitely going to be a payoff if you try and not kill as many, if you try and do it as peacefully as possible, although one of the villainous-seeming characters has has... Threatened me at this point that there's no way that this is going to continue to be possible, and eventually you're going to be forced to choose to kill somebody or not when you have when you have no way to to disarm them peaceably. So it seems like it's going to be pretty interesting, and also it's just it's a really funny and well written game. There's some really amusing stuff that happens, and I'm still only maybe like forty minutes in. Is this Undertale. Say again. PC? P, uh, yeah, PC and Mac. It's on uh, Steam. And I think it might be on GOG, but I can't swear to that.
1: You mean Jodge?
0: Jodge, yeah. <laughs> yep, Undertale. Very good. And that's it? Uh, Yes.
2: What about you, Jevin? I don't even know how to respond to that. <laughs> uh, at XOXO there was a whole evening of...
0: Oh yeah, I totally forgot about those games, okay, well, go on. <laughs> you forgot games. about we played.
1: You I mean, and I played shitty Voltron. Yeah. <laughs> it's like multiplayer co-op. And it was then another evening
2: of uh, board games. Um, I got to play gnog which I guess is... Uh,
0: yeah, that seemed interesting. That's a new it's, Double Fine thing, it, I guess. Well,
2: I think they might be publishing it. It's okay. by co-op mode, I think, uh, with a K. Um, it is... It seems like it is going to be really cool and i'm excited for it but i feel like it is a game that just desperately wants tons and tons and tons of content and that they have probably a year or more to go before that's gonna be something they can actually sell and i mean it
0: looked like they were planning to do that because on what appeared to be the stage select screen there were like a whole wall of characters and only two of them highlighted yeah
2: uh, it's it is a weird. They're all like weird little puzzle levels
1: where, yeah, like,
0: like puzzle boxes, like cartoon yeah. guy. Puzzle it's like boxes. a little
1: adventure game, right? Like yeah. it's a bunch of little miniature adventure games, like, or like a like a like a bunch D- of little Samorost. Yeah, like yeah. a grow or like a two
0: D cartoon version of the room.
2: Maybe yeah, hmm. and there's there's just really neat interactions. Like if you, I saw one it was like taking place in the kitchen and everybody's like super cold and you can flip it over and you can turn the thermostat all the way up but if you turn it it's like they want it to be just comfortable but if you turn it all the way up and you flip it back around everybody's just a skeleton
0: because
2: <laughs> they've burned up but if you flip it back around and then turn it to the the middle you'd flip it and flip it back around they're
1: just normal again and they're cool skeleton yeah <laughs> uh, really a guy is like a cool skeleton right <laughs> like sure you get a guy too hot he becomes like a just a regular burnt skeleton yeah but guy at normal temperature
0: yeah. cool It's like skeleton. a skeleton wearing a sweet meat sweater.
1: Yeah. Sweet meat sweater.
2: And then I have I've continued to play the guides and now I am stuck on the last puzzle uh, that's currently in the app and mm. it is frustrating. There's a lot going on and I don't know what to do with it all.
0: And I never got past that planets one.
2: You should play it some more.
0: Yeah. So
2: we the
1: Guides about that weird puzzle game for iOS.
2: Yeah. I think it's like a dollar or two dollars.
1: I never went back to it.
2: You also should go back to it. I should. If I told you the answer to the puzzle that you're stuck on, I think you would be annoyed with yourself.
1: So Pro- probably. Because I don't I don't expect it to be hard. I expect me to be stupid. I've been having a good time playing your Twitter puzzles. That's kind of a video game.
2: That is true. You have to partake in some sort of video monitor. That's true. You have to look at them on
1: a video. Yeah,
2: You have to watch it on YouTube.
3: What about you, Jim? Video James? You should make a book out of those puzzles and they wouldn't be a video game anymore. Uh It would just
1: be like a paper game. Weird. It would be a pen and paper puzzle playing game. Yeah. P-P-P-P-G. I played
3: uh the I think it's called the Jimi Hendrix case.
0: Oh, I wanted to play that, but there wasn't a Mac version.
3: which, which oh. character did you play as? I had Jimi Hendrix. Okay. Uh the the gimmick of the game is that every character is Jimi Hendrix and it's pretty good. They they kind of milk that Whose
2: who's murder are you investigating?
3: It's Jimi Hendrix. Okay. Oh. <laughs> uh, it turns out Jimi Hendrix did it. Really? Did, they, <laughs> did this game start being developed after wolfenstein returned whatever i don't i i bet it did just out. looking at it like it's it's like 20 minutes long and there's not that much to it i okay i bet it was made in the intervening time okay
1: because you know, we talked about that right yeah like that feature of wolfenstein the new order <laughs> yeah yeah I, I killed the other guy or whatever the choice it was so i never saw him right
3: yeah it, it's it's got it's 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 okay it's not a great adventure game, and it's got, like, an irritating action sequence in it, but it is very funny, and it ends on a cliffhanger, so I don't know if I'm going to play the sequel, but I, I, I'm glad i pl- I'm glad I played it. Or are it. you going to
1: make the sequel, Jim? I,
3: I might make the sequel. I I might have to now. Um, or I might wait for Jimi Hendrix to do it. It's okay. It's uh it's funny. It's very funny. They really milk the 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 ways that you can make jokes about every character being the same. Hmm. Um they do a good job of that, which I think is really like all that game needed to do. Um I uh I finished uh Lara Croft Go. Okay. Um Did you unlock can- the final outfit? Yes, the the, the gold Lara.
2: Yeah, I that, didn't understand that. That was a that was a
3: fail state in the first game. Okay, that was like you. Whoops, you touched the Midas statue's hand. <laughs> okay, <laughs> that um, makes more sense now. I was
2: confused as to why that was the choice for the. It that it, still doesn't really make sense. Sure,
3: but now now at least it has some context, and I feel better about it. Right, right. Um, and that game. Puzzle design is consistently good throughout. Mm-hmm. I really liked it, and I well, am a
2: lot of our listeners
3: felt like it was too easy. I maybe. I mean, it certainly could have been harder. I probably would have stopped playing it hmm. um i I liked the the difficulty level. I mean I, I i it felt good to me in that like I only got stuck a few times and then I was able to solve the puzzle pretty easily that when I came back to it the next day. Um, so the, the, the difficulty felt right for someone who plays puzzle games like I do, I guess. Um, and I've been playing more Dark Souls and I've only put like another four hours into it since I last, uh, talked about it, but it really, it, it, it just fills my mind. Like it's what I think of as being the game I'm playing right now, even though I'm not playing that much of it. Yeah. Um, it's the catch twenty two of video games. Sure, yep.
0: I stopped in and observed the stream for a bit.
3: Yeah, yeah, and I've I, I've got another one that I recorded uh, offline, and I'm going to be uploading it tonight. Nice. Um, where I I got to Ornstein and Smo, or however you pronounce that. Yeah. Um, and judge dot judge, com, <laughs> and I I ended up making like three or four attempts at that, and
0: yeah, that's that's I guess the big. The big wall of the game.
3: I am told that that's the hardest boss in the game, which is weird because it's like halfway through the game, right?
0: Yeah.
1: Um, You think the Bowser would be the hardest boss in the game when you get to him at the end? I, you would think that,
3: um, but you just grab the axe behind him and then it's <laughs> just over. Or,
1: or Janendorf, <laughs> right? You just kill with the silver arrows. Um, But yeah, I
3: was actually going to make the comparison It's probably something like the uh, How level 6 is the hardest dungeon in Zelda In the first Zelda
1: Is that the one with the whiz robes? Yes Yeah, those motherfuckers Yeah,
3: those are really <laughs> tough Although level 9 is really hard Yeah, no, you're right It's It's just that level 6 is harder than 7 or 8 by far 9 is probably the hardest level in the game 6
2: is just 9 upside down
3: so it's fair enough. It's, 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 oh man, now I've got to mentally like rotate the word hard in my head. <laughs> what does it look like upside down? There's a Y. Anyway. No, there's not. <laughs> there's, if you turn the H upside down, it becomes a Y. Depends
2: on how you. If it's a hard lowercase or a hard uppercase. I was
1: doing uppercase. Okay. Lowercase is more interesting, though, because more things turn into different things. Right. (laughs) Right. So, so, yeah, lowercase a turns into a lowercase e. So it's e-y, let's see, l, uh, it's cled, q-l-e-d. Q-led. All right. So it's like a sled, but like a cled. We we figured it out, guys. (laughs) We did it. No, that's harb. (laughs) <laughs> fuck It's plead. pled pled yeah. yeah pled it's a and the l is backwards right. so it's like a cute like it's a like cute a, sign like a child wrote it
3: it's like, so, like someone who thinks that's how they put it, make an l in russian mm-hmm.
1: in cyrillic that's that's it that's that's dark souls <laughs>
2: i spent
1: i spent all of the time that i should have spent playing the assignment playing uh the ios port of this card game called star realms which uh is it is a a game that i received as a gift like a year ago or two years ago and it's it's a really really simple straightforward really tightly designed deck building game that just has one deck of cards you have a you have a starting deck and there's like a tableau in the middle of cards that you can purchase and you're trying to just like destroy the your opponent by reducing their hit points which are The hit points in the card game version of the game are tracked using this system of individual cards with numbers on both sides of them. And I am certain that these people felt so clever that they devised a system where you could express every number using the minimum possible number of cards. But in practice, playing that game is constantly making change in a restaurant that like hasn't given you enough bills of each <laughs> denomination to correctly make change. Okay. okay. Or, like they've given you precisely enough. I bet
3: that's how Sean baby came up with Calculords too.
1: Ugh, yeah. I mean, it's, it, it is like, it's like playing Calculords, like
2: except Put on paper,
1: just to track your life totals. Anyway, th- that thing, notwithstanding, this is a game that I was interested in enough to play like half a dozen times, in a paper format, but then non-stop for a week once it is. It is like the card game based on Puerto Rico, which is called San Juan. San Juan. When I was recovering from my tonsillectomy, I played like a thousand games of San Juan on my phone. Because you can just play it so fast. Like, you don't have to mess with shuffling. You don't have to mess with, like, resetting up your opening hands or your opening decks of cards or whatever. And it is it's just a cool deck building game that you can play versus an AI or against other people online. And that's what you do instead of talking to people at XOXO. Right. Um, yeah, but that was it. That's all I did. Do you guys want to talk about the assignments and pinball?
2: Sure. Yeah. I was, I wanted to, to, to pitch the uh, clash of the type Kickstarter one. Oh yeah. Do time. that. Yeah. Cause they're, they're about three days out, two and a half days out from the end. So it'll be, one, two days, one and a half days when you hear this, maybe?
1: And what they do is they take different tie pins, and they <laughs> press them against each other until yes. one of them breaks, like and then M-M-M-M's. they take the strongest one, and they, and they pit it. it against the next tie pin. A bracket of
3: manufacturers.
0: That is, that is definitely the case. that When they they uh, they asked me to uh, record myself saying, you know... On the last episode of Clash of the Tie Pins, for, so whenever they have to run a game over two episodes, and I sat there saying it for like five minutes, and then suddenly realizing that I was just saying tie Pins over and over.
1: Right. Clash of the Tye <laughs> Zen Pinball. It was our assignment. Yeah. So it's a
2: virtual pinball game. Before you get to that, though, I want to talk about the new user onboarding experience. Boy, is it (laughs) fucking garbage. Yeah. Yeah. I I spent maybe five or ten minutes being super confused as to what the fuck. I just wanted to play some pinball, and I had no idea how to do it, and I kept pushing on buttons, and like, just nothing was letting me play pinball. It seems
1: like also just their actual like hitting a button often doesn't work in the app. That's that's but, entirely possible. Yeah, man, it's real bad. Real, real bad. Because I feel like there's Game Center, which I got I, I got waylaid by it's like, oh hey, game sign into Game Center using your Apple ID. I'm like, oh okay. And it's like now pick a nickname. I'm like, no, that's not you're supposed to know who I am. But like yeah. if like I bought a new laptop and you showed my mom some porn, like you know who I am. <laughs> like you know where I've been Apple was why is this
2: <laughs> on the iPad
1: yeah uh, okay well that's have we logged it into a, some sort of different yes. iTunes account for, for god damn yeah why is it so hard to develop software for iOS
2: uh, it's not if you it's just if you want to test it <laughs> if you actually want to like sure oh like if you, so if you so if
1: you want to make some software and then play it on an iPad so it's not it's not no, you can to make, make it and software. you can release it uh, you just it'll be full of bugs if you want to play it yourself it's really hard before you before you've released it before yes. you've given it to everyone. Okay. Yeah. Well, that makes a lot of sense then. So there was the, there was a bunch of Game Center login bullshit separate, on yeah. the iPad that is. So maybe now there's another Game Center account with the same nickname as me. Cool. But it's, then, like, they have their own login system, which I feel like is a thing that Apple just shouldn't let you do. It's old enough that it might just predate yeah that stuff. But I opted not to do any of that. And I, I think just... it probably predates. The, it's game, game center, center
0: inter- integration is pretty interesting. It, while I was playing, it popped up a thing saying, "You know, you're you're two million points away from Wumpf's high score on this table," and and would periodically encourage me to beat his score. Oh, that's nice. Yeah.
1: I bought 3 of the most like well-regarded tables that I could find.
2: What which were those? Cuz there's the was free a- one which is sort of okay. Yeah, I right. did
1: not play that one. The only one that I had ever played before was th- weirdly like Wes and I the first time we went to California Extreme, like when ZapCon was in the process of becoming a gleam in our eyes, we were at a bar the night before California Extreme, and we overheard some people who were having a conversation that made it clear that they were there for California Extreme. And when we talked to them, they were like, yeah, we're the developers of Zen Pinball. And they huh. told us all about the app and and like, downloaded it then and played the like Enchanted Forest thing. And I, I sort of rejected it then. Because it was on the original iPad that didn't have the retina screen, and so everything was real muddy, and it was just sort of difficult to tell what was going on. That's still kind of true. It's just muddier in a crisper way.
0: Yeah, I I played the... It's
1: crisply muddy. The,
0: uh, the portal table. And I also played the portal table. That is... I mean, it looks good, I guess, but it's so visually cluttered with all pictures and stuff, and, and I don't know decals all over it that you can't tell what's a ramp and what isn't
2: and you're playing it on the iPad
1: I was playing it on my phone and it was baffling yeah it's I mean so pinball is confusing on a physical table and it's sure it's confusing in in a number of ways one of them is that it's very fast paced because it's just based on physics right and like and as as we all know physics is fast a ball is gonna roll at a certain speed I mean I guess you can you know you can change the ramp angle or whatever but like generally speaking like if you're going to impart enough force on a ball to make it move four feet it's going to be moving fast and it's going to be hard to track also real pinball tables have this problem where the the fidelity of the output is fairly low I found it fascinating that Zen pinball tables have the low res LED screen right even yeah, though they absolutely don't need it and they absolutely don't need game state to be communicated to you by de- like by transparent decals on the play field that are either have a light under them or don't right. It could just tell you in words what the fuck you're supposed to be doing. Something that was fascinating to me about like owning some pinball machines and Beginning to understand the actual game, like the sort of meta game of pinball beyond the just like don't let the ball drain is that the sound is super super critical for understanding what you're supposed to be doing, oh yeah, and the sound is never a thing that you get to experience in the arcade, like you just can't hear you mean like sounds that are made deliberately by like a the sound the, the there will be especially in pinball machines from like the nineties on i mean this is a little this is a little different. Pinball machines got complicated faster than they got the ability to express their complication in a way that was comprehensible to the player. And also, I feel like in the history of mankind, there have been like 10 dudes making pinball machines. Right. So they had a vocabulary that very experienced pinball players had, but that your average person walking up to a pinball machine, like, it's hard enough for them to just, like, hit the ball, right? And not just constantly be having it drained down the middle right away. And so the actual interesting things about a pinball table, like a specific machine are things that are out of reach of everyone except like just pinball dweebs. Right. But there's just a lot of sound cues in like night, like the pinball machines that I like are like the sort of nineties era Williams pinball machines, because that's the sort of level of complexity of metagame that I'm into. Without being able to hear it and honestly without like reading about it online, it's still pretty incomprehensible. Okay. Yeah. But it'll say like, shoot the left ramp. Like you're in this mode, shoot the left ramp. Like, but otherwise you have no real way of knowing what mode you're in because even if it's telling you what's going on on that LED screen, you can't look at that. You got to watch the ball so that you don't miss the ball with the flippers. Yep. But what you can do is, you know, good pinball players spend a lot more time with the ball just like resting in the crook of the flipper while they look at the screen figure out what the game state is and then figure out where to put the ball right right it's not just reactive it's like you get to the point where you can do a lot of stuff on purpose there is a trick that so almost every pinball machine from like 1990 on has this you you understand probably as a casual pinball player that like when you shoot the ball up to the top in a in a very generic machine, it will drain through one of three channels into a little set of bumpers, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, I've seen that. And when it goes through one of those channels, it lights up a light in that channel. Mm-hmm. And if you light up all three of those lights, you get some sort of increased bonus multiplier or something. Yeah. The flipper buttons yeah. toggle the state of those lights yep. in basically every pinball machine. What, really?
0: Yeah. Yeah. I learned but that, no
1: one knows that until they're told. Them, cycle them so. Uh, so you can I learned that from, from the Pokemon shit.
0: pinball games. Had
1: that. So if you, if you, I mean, and I say this as though it's like a weird revelation because it was a weird revelation to me. Yeah, I've, I've it, never heard of that. If that's, you get into really a state where the ball is like bouncing off a bumper up and down a single channel, mm-hmm. like you can just keep getting that bonus over and over again by positioning the non lit light where the ball is going to be. Yeah. And so a lot of games like. Some pinball machines will have a skill shot, which is like a bonus that you can earn by doing a particularly clever thing or particularly precise thing with the plunger. Some games that the plunger is just a button that you press, or like in the Indiana Jones game, like a trigger that you pull on a cool gun handle replica (laughs) will have a different skill shot where it's like, line this light up for where the ball's gonna go using the flipper buttons, or press this button during a particular time in a thing that's swooping by really fast on the led screen or the ball when you shoot it off the plunger always goes past one of the weird secondary flippers in the top and the skill shot is catching it with that thing at the right time to knock it into a hole that has a really oblique angle right that you'll never get into except during those circumstances there is so much going on that it doesn't communicate that you just have to learn by like having people tell you about it or by playing it so much that it's so hard for me to imagine the guy who got good at a pinball game in the 90s like how much did it cost for a guy to just go to an arcade and get good at a pinball machine
3: well you were getting good at every pinball machine because they all play basically the same (sighs) that is sort of true and so not only are you learning that skill, but you're also learning the general vocabulary. I feel like the really good players are people who have been playing that game their entire lives.
1: You know, you say they all play the same, but that's... If you go to the Pacific Pinball Museum in Alameda, you will see the evolution of what pinball is into that same thing. I actually have seen that. That's fascinating stuff. Like... They just learned like, okay, this configuration of three bumpers is the way to do bumpers. Right. And that's then just every pinball machine that had bumpers had three in approximately the same configuration because that's the one that creates the most interesting interplay. Like the, the like drains on the outsides of the flippers, the guns, like the, the sort of triangle things that will jet the balls off of it above the flippers. On each side. Yep. Like, those became so standardized.
3: Tell me about the drains <laughs> on the outside of the flippers. That's something that I've never understood. Like, why does
1: that exist? Yeah, it or doesn't seem like... If if
2: you're really good, the middle drain becomes less and less common. So, I feel like they're they
1: like... Well, the middle drain is the thing that happens. I feel like the outer drain is a thing that you can always avoid by being good at tilting the machine. Uh, right. Uh, okay. Right? Yeah, that's so, a skill
0: I've never managed
1: to... Yeah, and it's super hard. And it's also because it's like, well, I want to do something that's probably going to get me in trouble <laughs> at this arcade. Like, you never <laughs> right. feel like doing it. But when I see experienced players play, they almost never lose a ball that way. It is almost always, it takes a bad bounce somewhere and goes right down the middle. Yeah. It's not the ends because they can avoid it draining out the edges by just like bumping the machine.
3: Right. And I I that was something I was expecting to be able to do with the phone accelerometer. And honestly, it might have worked, but I couldn't tell cuz I was fucking shaking the phone to do it. The <laughs>
1: In the, til- yeah, the you tilt have to is swipe at this swiping at the top, top crazy. of the screen. What, really? Yeah, you have to like take your hands off the flippers. Because like
3: just bumping the side of the phone is, is like super easy to detect.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
3: And
2: would be- I mean,
1: again, this app is older than the accelerometer in the phone. It's older than
2: phones.
0: (laughs) (laughs) They, they got, they got the app ready, like way in advance.
2: Well, Zen Buddhism is named after this pinball game.
0: (laughs) It does
1: some, this app does some really neat stuff though. Like it's like the, I played this Mars pinball table and it's got like a robot that runs around autonomously and will pick up the ball and do stuff. And that's like really cool. It's like, (laughs) you know, it can just do crazy teleports and And, like real pinball machines can do awesome stuff by just like, well, there's a teleporter on the field because every time a ball goes in here, there's a different ball over in this other spot and the ball pops out there and it does stuff like that. Like Uh, it, it's interesting how far this game doesn't go to differentiate itself from the kinds of things that you can do with a real pinball table. And I think it's because they just know who their audience is yeah. and they know their audience is. There's a, like, there's that's, a... that's
0: probably the reason that the little markers and stuff look like they're painted on the lights on the table is because they feel like
1: that's what pinball. People yeah, that's want. what pinball people right.
0: want is a thing that looks like pinball.
1: Yeah.
3: I I mean, one of the, one of the pleasures, in fact, the primary one for me of pinball is that, Someone built this dumb machine for my entertainment. It yeah. does all this weird shit, like little all these little moving parts and balls flying around, and that's just fun per se. That's like just it's fun because it exists. It's cool in the same way that like a carnival is cool. Sure, like um, and a simulation of that is just not nearly as cool. And so, like, yeah, to to get that same feeling, I feel like. But I, I guess in a lot a lot of respects, I like that's one of the things I like about intricate video games as well, where there's a, just a a simulation going on there that I might not even see all of, and it's just little elements popping up here and there. Um, and they could tap into that if they wanted to expand their audience. I bet they could, but I feel like that might alienate their their the audience that's actually
1: paying the bills. One of their ta- <clears throat> one of their tables that was recommended by somebody in the forum thread. Seems pretty cool, actually. It's like a sort of a goofy fantasy RPG thing where oh, you across games your guy continues to level up. Like yeah. your little dude, like okay. occasionally you'll do something and it'll be like, ooh, and it zooms in on the guy and his armor improves. What and like Epic Quest, I think. <laughs> um but it it ha it definitely is an offender of this like. It is very difficult to tell what is going on because the play field is so complicated and, like, the it's not real good at expressing depth. That could be because I always, like, click it to a fixed camera because I don't want the camera interfering with my ability to be able to track the movement of the ball. Right. Right. Because that's, you know, like, with a real. I mean, I guess what I want is for this to be a real pinball machine. I think that's what I want.
3: <laughs> There's a. At California Extreme, I saw um, someone. It might have even have been the Zen people. They were selling a, um, it looked like a, a video pinball machine in the form factor of a miniature pinball table. Like, yeah, it's ma- like a, maybe a big pla- like a big
1: LED TV on its side
3: on, on at an angle at the pinball angle. Yeah, and it was. It, it, in fact, it had the uh, <clears throat> the free game, whatever sorcery game. Oh yeah. Because uh,
1: I have th- definitely seen the one that is not Zen Pinball. There's another app called Pinball Arcade, which licenses and makes virtual models of real pinball machines. Right. So you oh. can play like Twilight Zone or Tales of the Arabian Nights or whatever, like actual pinball machine there is if you buy it. Um, and I've seen a have seen a table. Like a real world physical large pinball machine sized one of those. Oh, wow. With just a screen, which. That's kind of cool in that it's just like every real pinball machine if you buy them all, but you don't have to fix them. Right. Which is the big problem with owning a pinball machine.
3: Right, right. But then there's the problem that you don't – the the, the Rube Goldberg device doesn't actually exist for you. And you have to suspend disbelief a little bit. But just having the – like I I spent a few minutes with that at California Extreme and just having like the standing at the table – And it was, like, it it felt just just enough, like, pinball to me that, like, I felt someone could get into that if they were into pinball.
1: Yeah, it's weird. Like, you know, we talked to a lot of people in the pinball scene running Zapcon, and none of them ever talk about any of this stuff. The virtual stuff. Okay, yeah. I remember, like, I had the NES pinball, like... And apparently that was quasi rare to have an actual cartridge of that. But somehow I had one when I was a kid and it was pretty fun. You know, it was a pinball game and occasionally you'd go into a mode where you were playing breakout with like Mario at the bottom. Like it was a neat game and it did just a little bit of stuff that you couldn't do with an actual pinball machine. Um, same with, like, Revenge of the Gator, which was, like, one of the very earliest Game Boy games, oh, yeah. which was a pinball the, uh, game.
0: The Kirby pinball was really good, too.
1: Yeah. Metroid Prime pinball for the oh, for crazy. the DS oh, yeah. was really good.
0: The uh, There was, game there Boy was a Advance, Kirby one. Um, Pokemon pinball is still really fun. And that has, like, the, the constant progression between games as you're trying to collect all the Pokemons.
3: Yeah, there was a Kirby one for the original Game Boy, which was pretty good. Yeah, that's a that's a genre, I
1: guess. You yes. know, what was hella disappointing was uh, Rollers of the Realm, <laughs> which was like a pinball RPG thing. But man, it just did not. I was really excited about it, and it just didn't work. It like didn't work as an RPG, and it didn't work as a pinball game.
0: Yeah.
1: Hmm. So that is too bad. Well, guys, what's our next assignment? Riff, you do this one.
0: Uh oh right, it's uh Dropsy, right? Yes. It's uh we're playing uh Dropsy, which is a, a and click adventure about a a large and strange clown who travels the world giving big damp hugs to everybody. Sounds like Damp fun. hugs? Damp hugs.
2: What? why damp?
1: He hugs them with his mouth.
0: He's kind of big and sweaty. Okay.
1: But he's nice, right? He's nice. Yes. They're not like creepy hugs.
0: No, he's he's a uh, a, a lovable uh, uh, guy. <laughs> Does he smoke a lot of
1: weed? Do you get damp hugs and dank nugs?
0: Hmm. There, there is a. Uh, I mean, I don't want to spoil there, anything.
3: There, there's a weed smoking minigame. Yeah. There,
0: it's... there are a couple of weed smoking characters I've seen. There are some okay. some disaffected teens.
1: Ugh, those teens. Will they ever be affected? <laughs> Maybe if they could get off the dope.
0: Get off the dope and get on the clown hugs.
1: How, how can you tell that they're
3: smoking weed if you can't smell it?
0: Uh, one of them seemed to be complaining in some way about drugs.
3: <laughs> okay. All right.
1: <laughs> Fucking drugs. <laughs> Guys. This has been great. Kevin, if somebody wanted to send us a listener's mail for our listener's listener's (laughs) mail smegment. (laughs) What should they do? Kevin, take over.
2: They should go to our website, videogameshotdog.com, and uh, find the web form there where you fit in your comments or your questions.
1: Also available at videogameshotdog.com. It's true. But Video Game did not shoot the dog, Sheriff. (laughs) Guys, I've had a fantastic time recording episode number 215 of uh, Video Games Hot Dog with you, and I hope we get together again to record episode 216 real, real soon. And listeners, I hope you'll join us. And until you do, keep your knee on the washing machine and keep sticking your tongue out at the blender.
3: (laughs) Till next week. Good night, everybody. Have a great week, everybody.
1: I am